Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Back on the fan, I lost my chapstick. I don't know what happened, and I'm all out of sorts. It drives me nuts when I do this. It's the number one thing that falls out of my pocket. Now, it's better than losing my keys or a phone, I guess. But I don't know how the hell this happens. I'm actually wearing jeans today, and maybe it's in my car or something. It's going to drive me nuts until I get to my car and check if it's in, you know, falls in between the seat and the console. But it drives me up a wall. I need my chapstick, especially in this weather. And I'm used to the Aruba weather. A week ago at this time I was in, well, a week ago at this time I was in bed. Enjoying some nice sleep. In bed every night, 8.30, up like 6.30. Every day on the trip, which is so rare for me. I couldn't even understand it. I wanted to stay up late, maybe watch a movie in bed with my wife while the baby's sleeping. And couldn't even do that. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm shot. I got to go to bed. I was just so beat from the day. It wore me out being a dad. And I guess the sun and the pool and the beach, whatever. But I was in bed. It was so early. And obviously, if somebody goes to bed at 6 a.m. five nights a week, going to bed at 8.30 p.m. is totally different. Got to get back on schedule here. It's weird getting readjusted uh, to it. Uh, anyway, it was uh, you know the, the weather there was obviously beautiful. And here, it's not bad, but it's still 30, 40 degrees colder. I need my chapstick. And I'm all out of sorts with it. Without it, Val is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Val? Good morning, Sal, my man. How you doing, baby boy? Good, Val. How you been? I've been all right. I've been all right. It's been a minute since we talked. Yeah. You just stole my. You just stole my thunder because the first thing I wanted to ask you was how was Aruba. It was nice. I mean, I, I'd say instead of a vacation, it was more of a photo shoot. My wife every five <laughs> seconds take a picture. Let's take a picture. Oh no, take a picture here. Take a picture there. But other than that, it was very nice to be with my family. 
It's got to be like that now. You got the kid, so it's got to be take the picture with the kid on this rock. Yeah, take the yeah, picture exactly. with the kid and let's see. <laughs> We're right by this tree. In right front here. of this bush, like, right, exactly. At dinner, oh, my the, God, in the pool, in the ocean, everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, enough yeah. with the freaking phone. Will you in the pictures? I've had enough of it. But I get it. You you got a few years of that. Imagine if it becomes a year-round thing, because that's how we did it with my daughter. We had a spot, or we have a spot out in Ocean City in Maryland. Yes. And since she was eight, it was like every year now we go. Until she gets to the point... Like my daughter is now where she's like, you guys can go on a vacation on your own. I got other plans. I'm oh, fine with Jamaica. Oh, man. <laughs> does that break your heart? Because it would break mine. It definitely does. It yeah. definitely does. Because I still remember the moments, like all the moments from every single year that we go. And every time she says, like now we get up for three. If we go for five, she'll say, I'll go for three. And then she'll take, like I'll drop her to Delaware or something like that. And she'll catch a train back and then oh. catch a flight to somewhere else. So. But at least we get the three days. I don't want to even know? think about that. Oh, man. You, you I know got it's time. Reality. You got time. Yeah. That's like 28 years later, bro. You yeah. got time. You got time. <laughs> All right. Who knows if we'll even be around for that one. But anyway. Nah, you yeah. will. You will. Yeah. You will. But um, I got three things I want to get into with you. Um, I want to talk Nets. I want to talk Super Bowl. And you brought up something a moment ago about the WBC. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with that first. Go ahead. I, I, I feel like you too, because I find it, it's, it's almost like they're trying to make it this gimmicky kind of like World Cup kind of thing. What I think would actually work out better, both for baseball and actually for basketball too, if they want to grow the game internationally, is if they try to kind of mimic something like how the UEFA Cup does it with the clubs leagues and there's actually money involved, because then you get like a, it's almost like an extended season. Like even for us, you know, NBA and MLB fans, when it's all over and you're like, oh, you got that letdown, there's a little bit of something to look forward to. And you're still seeing the teams, you know, constructed the way you just saw them. But well, I don't know how, I, I, I don't know, the world. I don't know how they do it. Well, give me an example, like play it, uh, pertain it to baseball. How would it work in baseball? Well, I'm saying you got all these teams out in Japan, you got all these teams in, in, uh, in uh, like South America, Central America, and all that stuff like that. I don't know how many uh, countries out in Europe are playing baseball, but if they did it where it was something like the best, the clubs that win like their version of the World Series, even in Dominican Republic and all that stuff like that, and then you you get like a, I don't know, six, oh, eight okay. or somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. Because it's like that's how it happens is Manchester United playing against Real Madrid. You know? Yeah. See, one, I know nothing know. about the soccer stuff. Although uh, last year I started to learn a little bit about it, and I was intrigued, but not to a point where I stuck with it. It can kind of make it like an international intrigue, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but getting yeah, but, back but to But here's the I... problem, real quick, Val, and I'll let you finish your, your other two points. The problem is people here specifically, right, in New York, what do we care about with baseball? We care about the Yankees and we care about the Mets. That's it. I don't care about anything else. I didn't grow up caring about anything else. So it's yeah, all but, about the Mets and Yankees to me. That's it. I'm not saying I wouldn't I, watch another tournament or think that it might be fun a little bit, but I only, I only, I don't care about the WBC. I don't care if at, the USA wins. I care about if the Mets or Yankees win. At the same time, and I'm gonna say this as an arrogant American, we say a lot when we say the World Series or we say like you know the NBA Finals, the best team in all of basketball. Do you really know that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I know, I know that because. There's no team that's going to play basketball or baseball better than any team in my country. But at the same time, do we really know that? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, but I'm, I, do we really care? I mean, I don't. As long as you're the best in the world. The World Series is the or, or Major League Baseball is the only baseball league that I really give a crap about. Same thing with the NHL. That's what we know. 
Well, but okay, but that's it. That's what I know. I'm not saying that the other leagues aren't any good, but for me personally, I've invested my entire life in in these leagues. I grew up here. No, I got you. I got you. That's where our history is and where our stats are. I got you. And, and I got also, you. remember, they, these are the best players in the world. All the best players in the world want to play in our league. Our league. Yeah. They're all coming here. That's true. That's true. But to get to my other two points in, <clears throat> excuse me one second. So, Sal, real quick on the Super Bowl, and then I'm going to save my last one because I want to get into that one with you and mm-hmm. get your opinion on that one. The Super Bowl itself, though, I heard um, I disagree with a little bit of something. You, uh, I think you were talking to Bob about it. And you guys were talking about how Philly was underrated as a defense. Um, I think they were like, because everybody looked at them as like, you know, they wanted to put them in the history books as one of the best defenses and stuff. And I think that was a little bit overkill. But at the same time, I think the the exposures that you saw with them in the Super Bowl was more uh, a result of Andy Reid. Because what he actually did was play to Philly's over-aggressiveness or their aggressiveness. Like the way that Tony was wide open like that, and one was wide open like that is because they were so aggressive and they were so keyed up on the tendencies that they were seeing from them before. That once Tony made that little juke on the inside, they thought they knew what play they were getting. And that's why everybody got all caught up with Kelsey and you see Tony all by himself wide open like that. That was a little bit of over-aggressiveness. And Andy Reid has been doing that even going back to when he was with Philly because he's a, a big, big proponent of the screen game. And if you know anything about the screen game, that's all about playing against the defense's over-aggressiveness. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so, a- agreed. I don't think the Eagles' defense was a you know a great defense in, in comparison to defenses of the past. They were the best or one of the best in the NFC. I don't even know if I'd say they're better than the Niners. Yeah, but, and that's fine. And that particular game, you know, you could, yeah. you could blame the field conditions. You could blame Andy Reid or, you know, give credit to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, which I think is a smart thing to do. You're talking about a genius of a head coach in his own right that's offensively. That's and Patrick Mahomes, one of the great quarterbacks that the sport has ever seen. So, you know, that's a credit to them as well. And, and I'll tell you something else, too. They, they, a lot of that that went on in that, that game, and it was a great game. But was they showed you like this was one in the I, I don't even know how to say it, but the upper parts of a team construction because from the head of that snake in Kansas City right down in Mahomes there's a certain amount of synergy between all of them the the head coach as far as Reed uh, uh, the OC was uh, Bellam, uh, Bellamy Bellamy um, huh B- Eric Bellamy yes Bellamy I'm yeah. sorry they they all have a certain synergy about them and that message translates from the top all the way down the head of the snake. And the upper echelons of that team. Andy Reid. Andy Reid gets credit for that. He built that Most program definitely. into what it is. He, it's, Most it, definitely. What, and you know what it is? It's a dynasty. What's your final point, Val? So to get to my last point, and this is where I really want to get your opinion, Sal, because I've been hearing a lot of things, and I'm not hearing people saying this. And I think I spoke to, I think it was Lopresti last week, Thursday into Friday. And I don't know if he really understood what I was saying. But the whole stuff with the Nets, I find it kind of intriguing that Sean Marks is getting this look at, at as if he's like a hero and being allowed to reshape the future for the Nets. Because personally, as much drama as uh, Kyrie really and KD, you know, as a passive aggressive, I'm part of that too. As much drama and all of that that they gave you throughout this the, 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 the tenure that they were here. I don't even want to say this season, but like for the whole three years that they were here. A lot of that was because Marks allowed a lot of things to happen on his watch. And I feel like nobody is really looking at that. He made some big mistakes from day one from the minute them dudes got in here. And now, what, uh, about a week and a half ago, even if you didn't want to say the Nets were a championship team, they were somebody that you had to give a significant kind of consideration to because they had the mm-hmm. they had the stars. 
And he mismanaged that whole thing to where now you have nothing to show for that. I mean, I understand Kyrie is a head case. And KD, you know, he seems like he's almost like the Aaron Rodgers version of an NBA, you know, uh, a basketball player as far as the whole, you know, way that Aaron is kind of like on this mental trip with the whole darkness thing and all that stuff like that. KD seems he's like a very cerebral kind of person like that, and he's a little bit different from everybody else. But at the same time, day one, Kyrie says, and, and KD sides with him and says, let's run Atkinson out. You do that. They say, get rid of these guys because we don't like them on the team. You do that. Yeah, they let them have too much control. That. I'm with you. They First of all, they sold out, Val. They sold out. And thank so, you for I, the call. Oh, sorry, Val. I, I thought we were done there. Thank you for the call. I appreciate checking in. I know what you're saying. They sold out to bring in the superstars. And I know why they did it. Because you're right. With KD and Kyrie, as chaotic as it was, as long as those guys are healthy on the floor, they're going to be in the conversation for a championship. They have the possibility of winning an NBA championship. Now, obviously, it didn't come to fruition. Never even got close. But Marks, Joe Side, they sold out to get those superstars because they know that's what it takes to win in the NBA. Where they went wrong is they let those guys take over the franchise. It's one thing to go get them. It's another thing to make other moves to go get James Harden. It's a whole different story to have Durant and Kyrie decide who the head coach is let them play when they want to, when they don't want to. I mean, it was just, it never works. You don't do that. You're right. That was a huge mistake. Now, Marks has great ability as a general manager to draft well, find talent, draft and develop talent, which is something you want. They did it once before under the leadership of Atkinson. They blew it up for KD Kyrie. Now they hope to redo it again. And with some of the pieces they got back in trading those guys, they've already gotten off to a head start. Remember, Marks did it with limited resources. They didn't have many draft picks after the situation they were in prior, giving up top draft picks. But they still built a solid foundation, solid team. That was a young, up-and-coming team. You want to blow it up for the superstars? Fine. You cannot let the superstars run your entire operation. And... The moment, really, to, that they lost me was when they fired Atkinson to, to hire Steve Nash. Like It's one thing if you hire Greg Popovich. You fired Kenny Atkinson, who's a good coach, to, hey, he proved himself to develop that young team. You fired him to hire a guy with no experience and Steve Nash. Why, because he's buddy-buddy with the other guys? How'd that work out? And then what really put it over the edge was it was the overkill trying to trade for James Harden. Where Harden, and I said this at the time, you know, after Harden wanted out, Harden was the one sane one. Everybody around here made him look out to to be the bad guy. He was not. He was the one sane guy. But they went and traded for him. What, they didn't know that he wasn't going to get along with Kyrie Irving? I mean, how do you not know that? Just one mistake after another with Brooklyn. It's an embarrassment. Luckily for them, they're not the Knicks. Because if they were the Knicks, I mean, we'd be talking about this for months, front and center. 
And I'm not trying to rip the organization and their relevance, but it's obvious that there is one dominant team in this town, even if that team hasn't won anything in 20 years or so. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. Jerry, taking your calls, whatever it is that's on your mind on this February Tuesday morning. Man, February already. Let's get through. Get me to March Madness and spring training. These are the weeks where really is anything that's up for grabs. Obviously, we started the show with the Nets and the Knicks taking place at the Garden. Big night for Jalen Brunson. 40-point game, no turnovers. He is a legitimate star. We look to uh, you know NBA All-Star Week this weekend. They'll have the All-Star break. Knicks will play the Hawks Wednesday before going on that break. We'll get into some hockey. Rangers, I know, are out west. Take it on Vancouver tomorrow night, uh, I believe, as they're back in action. So we could have some fun with that, all the football off-season stuff, and we get ready for spring training. Matter of fact, I was watching the – I didn't watch the whole thing yet. Um, trying to catch up on stuff since I was away. Um, where I basically checked out. I don't want to pay attention to anything. I saw a little bit of what was going on, the KD trade and stuff like that. But I was watching a podcast, the Mets, Mets Up podcast, I believe it was, with Howie Rose. I think it's because I just heard Howie in that highlight there with Howie Rose and Steve Cohen. Man, I'll tell you, he is, Steve Cohen is everything you could possibly want in an owner. Now, whether that results in wins or not, TBD, we'll find out. But, as far as building the franchise into a you know consistent, sustainable, successful organization, he's well on his way in doing that. And and then some the ballpark and the fan experience. Talking about the scoreboard, which I always felt, or the the big screen at City Field, I always felt that it was too small. He goes, if I have to squint to see it from my box, that's a problem. Why don't we just blow that thing out and get a mega one? Okay. Building the area around the ballpark. How many times have Met fans talked about it for years? Ah, oh, it sucks. There's nowhere to go around here. Cohen's going to build it all up. He is going to be the king of New York. All they have to do, though, is win. Because all the other stuff is nice. If you don't win a World Series, it doesn't mean anything. And I think they will eventually, as he said. You know, The more you get into the postseason, the more likelihood that one of the years it'll you'll, it'll break your way. Now, let's, let's hope it doesn't take 10 years or more. And it's been since 1986. As much as I love that team, I'd love to see another one. Chris is calling from Shrub Oak, New York. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's going on, buddy? How are you, Chris? I'm good. So how was Patricia? It was very good. Thank you for the recommendation. I had the chicken parm. I'm a plain standard chicken parm guy. Um, right. uh, had a little meatball appetizer. I'm trying to remember what the hell my wife had, and for some reason I can't. She had some probably shrimp dish or something, but we enjoyed it. It was very nice. We ate outdoors. Thank you for the recommendation. We went there uh, Sunday night, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you said you were going. Where else did you, did you end up going to Gianni's? 
I did not. That was the dude. Here's the problem. All these recommendations from you and everybody else, it's all Italian stuff. And honestly, I don't like eating Italian food out. I mean, I'm used to, well, no, just in general. I mean, I I like my mother's Italian cooking. So, and plus I'm just like, I'm a chicken palm guy. I'm not going to go there and get a ton of pasta dishes, but I will tell you. So we didn't go to Gianni's, although it looked very nice. Maybe next time we did go to Casa Tua's. And we, uh, how was, did you like that place? I did. We, my wife and I loved it. We loved the pizza there. They have the thin crust. Right. Oh my god, thin crust yeah, yeah. pizza to yeah, die there. for. I've been there. Yeah, delicious. I've been there. We went what there. about uh, you? Didn't do? Did you do Madame Jeanette? No, we did. We did not. We did. The only one we did that was uh, like not in that local area was um, Passions on the Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, we did that. We did uh, Moomba Beach. You know, a couple of things like that. But, yeah, uh, Moomba, Moomba's good. Yeah, yeah. Listen, there's really not a bad restaurant down there. No, it was nice. First good. night, by oh. the way, at Moomba Beach. First night. Remember I was talking to Fleegs and Marco about being recognized and all that stuff? First, yeah, yeah. first night. I couldn't believe it. First night at dinner, Moomba Beach, which is, as you know, it's not like a... Is it's a restaurant on the beach? It's like more of a bar. It's more yeah, of a bar. Right, exactly. We're, we're eating dinner like on the. Bar. Yeah, exactly. Beach bar. And some guy, yeah. nice guy, comes up to the table. I've never had this happen before. Comes up to the table and was like, "Hey, are you salicata? Just want to say, big fan, whatever." And I was like, "Thanks." <clears throat> and that was it for the well, a couple of times uh, outside of that. But that was to me was a crazy experience being in Aruba at dinner that first night and having somebody. Say what's up. But, yes, I did enjoy your recommendation, and we did enjoy, obviously, the restaurants overall. It was nice. Yeah, now, where did you – I didn't want to ask you before you were going, but did, where did you stay? At, we, in we, the high-rises? We or? stayed at, the, yeah, the uh, the Hyatt. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hyatt's nice. Yeah. There, actually, I ate at the restaurant. When I was there in the summer, I ate at that restaurant in the Hyatt. With like you know, those black swans swimming around. Yeah, did you eat there? Yeah, uh, yeah, we had breakfast there one day. It was okay. You know the one. Yeah, thing I wasn't I, too crazy. One thing that. I'll say about Aruba, Chris, it seems like a yeah. a lot of Italian people went down there and started these restaurants up, and b yep. people go there. I don't know about you, they go there every year. Like I liked it. We had a good time. I don't anticipate going back anytime soon. I'd want to check out another place potentially. They do. That's the thing. They. they you know what it is. I think a lot of people go because you're pretty much guaranteed great weather right. every day. Well, that's what that's I was trying to figure out. I was asking my wife, why do people come here? Like, it's nice, but I don't get like, oh, my God, I got to be here every year. You, you, there are other places right. you could check out. But I think I think the convenience of the flight, nice, easy flight, direct flight, yep. no problem. And yeah. then, yes, the weather, you're guaranteed basically where there's no issue. It's between 75, 78, and 85, 87, yep. whatever it may be, every single day. Yeah, well, that's what it is. You're guaranteed yeah. nice weather. Anyway. Yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. Thank you. But anyway, so well, real quick on the Jets. Do you think, and I was asking Fleegs this, do you think if, assuming they release Carr the next couple of days, and he would, and he says, you know what, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll sign with the Jets, do you think they'll jump the gun and not get nervous and say, well, maybe we should just sign him in case Aaron Rodgers decides to either retire or go somewhere else? Do you no. think they'll they would do something like that? No, I don't think they will, and I don't think that they can. I think that would be a huge mistake if they do that. Now, they'll keep an eye on what Carr is going to do. I'm sure they're going to talk to his representatives and figure out where he's at and ask them to keep them posted. But they gotta, they have to wait out on Aaron. You cannot risk losing Aaron Rodgers to go get Derek Carr. I mean, I think of Carr, I think of Kirk Cousins. I think you'd be in that similar boat. 
make me maybe make the postseason, you're not going to do it. Derek Carr will not take you to a level that you need to get to to compete with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. He's just not going to be able to do that. No, I, I, I totally agree. But, you know, knowing the Jets, but like Fleek says, he thinks Woody just wants Rodgers and he's going to do whatever it takes to, to get him. Yeah, and that would be the, the win-win. Thank you for the call, Chris. Appreciate you checking in. They need to get him. I mean, at this point, it's almost like they're all in on him. Now, you'll know, depending on what happens with Carr here, once he does hit free agency officially, and you can see if he signs on with somebody quick, because obviously that would be in their minds at least, not in mine. Just want to clarify that. Obviously, it would be a nice fallback option. But to me, it's Aaron Rodgers or bust at this point. I have no interest in Carr. Now, does he make them better? Sure. But I don't think he could get them to a level that I would get excited about. Now, the one you know, caveat to that would be they are going to need to build a great defense anyway because we talked about yesterday. You're not going to beat Kansas City by getting into a shootout with them. It's just not going to happen. Didn't happen with Cincinnati, not with Buffalo, obviously not with Philadelphia in Super Bowl 57. The way to beat them is the way that Tampa did it a couple years ago. Defense. And the Jets have the potential to do that. But I still don't think that even if they had a great defense, that Derek Carr is enough. I'm sure the fans would be intrigued to find out, but I don't think it would be enough. Matt is calling from Los Angeles. What's up, Matt? Hey, Sal. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, you know things that could go wrong for the Mets. You know, obviously, on paper, we're still looking at a playoff team here. No doubt about it. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me, though, is the failure of Billy Epler to put the finishing touches on this team. And for me, the big thing is if we were to break it down, say, you know, of the 10 World Series legit title contenders, I think the Mets probably have the worst bench of all of those 10 teams as it stands right now. Um, oh, well, you, you don't like their bench? I think they have a good bench, actually. Well, hear me out, and here's like the big reason. This is what I said to Fleegs before uh, mm-hmm. he sent me through. You know, we just signed Tommy Pham, whose one good characteristic is his ability to hit left-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case, then why did they keep Darren Ruff, whose one good quality is hitting left-handed pitching? Well, I think Pham is more than that. I mean, Pham's a guy who's going to play the outfield for you. Pham's a ball player. He could run a little bit. He could field. He could hit a little bit. He's a ball player. I think he's a good fourth outfielder. You're right about Ruff. Ruff is a specialist. Basically, he's a backup first baseman and a guy who should hit left-handed pitching, and they're going to give him another opportunity to do that. But you're talking yeah, about those. I, if, if uh, Pham's an outfielder, that's the difference there. Yeah, the only thing is Pham only plays left field so like realistically as you mentioned earlier Marte is dealing with this core injury we saw how often he got hurt last year we know Nimmo gets hurt pretty often so okay great we got Tommy Pham as our backup outfielder right now that's our fourth outfielder meanwhile Darren Ruff we don't want to see him in the field at all obviously mm-hmm. I mean, what, what a train wreck that was meanwhile you got Daniel Vogelback, who I don't even think owns a glove. So there's three guys right there <laughs> pretty much play a combined one position with Tommy Pham in the outfield. I mean, other than that. Well, let's go you over know, it. Well, you got Guillaume, who's, you know, could play anywhere, right? Yeah. Well, All right. So who else? Who are we forgetting here on the bench? I get the backup catcher. Of, oh, and of course, yeah, one of the backup catchers. So Narvaez, 
Nito situation. Right. It kind of depends on what happens with Alvarez if he breaks camp with the team. Um, and then, you know, what happens with Beatty and the whole Escobar situation. I guess you're probably penciling in Escobar as the starting yeah, third Yeah, Beatty, I don't think Beatty's going to be on the opening day roster for the big club. Neither is Alvarez. I would be surprised if that's the case. You can have Escobar be their starting third baseman. You have Guillaume being their backup utility infielder, backup catcher. Yeah, I mean, I could – look, they need another outfielder because even if you are healthy – and I like Canna, but I like Canna more in the Tommy Pham role, right? So I, I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind Tommy Pham. I think it's fine. Whatever. I mean, I'd rather have him get the at bats than Darren Ruff. So uh, again, I know they're different players. Where Ruff is a you know he's a guy who's supposed to mash lefties and is going to be back at first baseman, but maybe you don't need both of those guys. It could be one or the other. But I think ideally you'd like to add a more legitimate outfielder and then move Canna to that fourth outfielder role where he's going to play a ton, maybe get some at-bats at DH, but play some left field, whatever, and then you can move on from a a guy like Tommy Pham. I don't know how it's going to work out, but just know that whatever the roster is, Matt, on opening day is not going to be the same as it will be you know, midway through the season or in October, assuming that the Mets could get there. Agreed, and it's totally realistic that Darren Ruff actually is just DFA'd before – the season even begins. I can totally see that happening. But I don't know why they love him, though. I mean, they, they Buck likes the veterans. They are going to try to double down on him and believe that last year was just, you know, getting acclimated to New York. It didn't work out. I mean, for some for some reason, they're sticking with Ruff. I would have cut him already. I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, I think we both can agree they probably tried in their, their hardest to trade him this offseason, and nobody wanted to touch him. And him being on a major league contract, oh, yeah, I wonder why. You take him to camp. <laughs> right, right. I can't imagine why no one wanted to right. trade with Aaron Ruff. It's unbelievable. But, again, you know, just bringing in fam, it felt redundant when you, you know, had Billy Epler come out and say, well, unless something materially changed with uh, Darren Ruff, he's always shown an ability to hit left-handed pitching. Well, clearly something materially changed last year. So, uh, for me personally, like you said, I would have also gone with a more legitimate fourth outfielder, a guy that can step in and potentially start a long streak of games in the case of injury with Marte or Nemo, who, uh, you know, we know have a penchant for getting hurt pretty often. They, they definitely need it. Thank you for the call, Matt. Appreciate you checking in. They're all right in the infield because even if something happened – to one of their infielders, they have Guillaume, and then they call up Beatty. So now you're talking about, you know, Guillaume can play one of those positions. Who knows who it is that goes down? But they're, they have flexibility because of the versatility of Luis Guillaume. And because you could bring up Brett Beatty and have him be a, you know, a starter at third base if you need to. If you, if you had to move Escobar, let's say it's McNeil that goes down. And you, you bring your man, he plays second base uh, the majority of the time. You need to give Escobar a little bit of a breather. You have you can bring Beatty up uh, and have him take this, the, the roster spot there. Outfield is where they're thin. You're, you, know, you, you look at what they've got there. You know, McNeil would have to be, that's another option, though. If they lose somebody in the outfield for an extended period, now you potentially move McNeil, though I know they want to have him be a you know, primary second baseman. But let's say you move McNeil to left field, that adds depth to the outfield where you could then move Guillaume into second base still and, you know, hopefully not lose as much and still in that spot bring up Beatty. 
if Fleegs, what did you hear that Fleegs that they might try Beatty in left field? Well, no, but remember we had heard that rumored, especially when Correa was in the mix, that it's something that they might want to try oh, out. Right. He dabbled it in, in the minors. We right. could learn that in a couple of days that they're going to try to teach Brett Beatty how to play left field because he's not great at third base anyway. So what's <laughs> what's the difference? Um, yeah, I mean, I just hate the idea of that. This this is the that's the BC Met stuff before Cohen. Oh, yeah, let's play this guy in left field. Let's play this guy at second base, even though they never played there before. We'll play him at first. Just go get players that know what they're doing at a specific position. But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to see if he can, you know, get a glove and and field some, uh, you know, take some flies out there in left field. But the Mets are thin in the outfield. And with Marte and Nimmo being guys who have been you know, I had the propensity to be banged up at times. It can be a little alarming. Carmelo is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Carmelo? What's up, Sal? How you doing? Good, Carmelo. What's on your mind? Um, well, I'm going to get into the two ball in NFL, but first, I want to say, uh, did you go to the Soprano Ball when you were in? Uh, uh, we we didn't did we didn't go. I walked past it several times. We didn't go because we had the baby with us. So and, and plus, oh, okay. it, it gets going usually. I'm assuming at like eight or nine o'clock. Now, what's the appeal of that place? What live piano music? Yeah, they had live music playing there, but it was it was just a good vibe, just being in uh, Aruba, just being surrounded by like you know soprano stuff. So it was cool. It looked nice from the outside. Here's what I will say though: you bring up a good point, Carmelo. Like everything there is drinking and eating, and if you don't yeah. if you don't really drink, and I'm not a big drinker at this particular point, right. especially with a, a you know a two year old basically on the trip. Right. W- what am I doing? I mean, we are, we <laughs> went out to dinner six thirty seven o'clock. We went for ice cream each night or gelato, whatever the hell it was that we could find. That's it. That's a wrap. But single Sal, yeah, I'd love the Sopranos bar. I did, and I heard <laughs> I heard that uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was there the night before the Sopranos bar. So we checked it out. I did wow. not go in though. <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe next time you'll get in there. Yeah, right. I wanted to go up to Cuba Gooding. I didn't see him, but I would have loved to have seen him and just, you know, yeah, show me the money. Show me. That's what I would have <laughs> yelled. I'm sure he's never heard that before. Right. <laughs> but uh, let me get into the uh, the Super Bowl. I think the NFL has a real um, officiating problem going on right now. I feel like there's too many games, too many important games, and when it's coming down to the end and you have these refs just like, Getting into like the the ending of these games, they're, they're just it's just a little ridiculous at this point. What do you think? Uh, I don't think that it's a problem. I mean, I get why people are upset about the call. To me, it was not. Even Sirianni said it himself. There were many plays. Here's what I think: fans overreact to everything, and anytime there's a bad call, fans flip out and make that an excuse for it ruining the game or costing their team the game or the team that they bet on. The game, and it's just not the reality. You talk to players, you talk to managers or coaches, they'll tell you it's not about one play. It's the entire game. The Eagles shouldn't have put themselves in a spot where that play could cost them. I'm not saying the play should have been called. It shouldn't have. I I wish that they didn't throw that flag and call that holding penalty on Bradbury. And I, I was rooting for the Chiefs, but I wish they didn't do that because it wasn't consistent to what they were doing the whole night, which was letting them play. However, it is not the reason that the Eagles lost the game. Oh, of course. And I have another point with these. Um, I feel like there's always a new rule that they're implementing in a, in a new game that we watch. There's always some new rule that they come up with, and I have these guys specifically there to let you know what's going on in this play, what's this rule. What's I feel like there's just – they got – the NFL is – like they they got their hands too much in these games. I feel like they're just 
it's getting a little out of hand at this point. Well, what do you mean? Give me give me an example of that. What are you talking about? With d- different rules? You mean reacting to? I, I mean, I mean, I mean, just like like the number one thing is like how these receivers how they catch the ball. They go down to the floor. Does it come out? Is it bobbled? It, yeah. At this point, like in something like that, I feel like this is where these people get into like they start questioning the NFL and certain things. Like feel like that they have their hands. It's what they want in those calls, what they want the outcome to be in that call. Yeah, That's I, why I, I feel like... Are you, you're a conspiracy theorist? You believe that some of these games are fixed? No, I don't believe it, but every game, it just seems like there's too many coincidences. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's way too many coincidences. Like, I've seen plenty of plays where a guy comes down with the ball, drops it from the floor, and they call, well, that's a catch. And then another play, exact same play, it's like, well, it's not a catch. I feel like there's no consistency in their in their realm. Uh, I get, calls, but I'll let I'll let you go on with it, and uh, have a good night. Thank you, Carmelo. I appreciate you checking in. I get what you're saying. I have not found it to be a problem. I'm generally pretty good at seeing at this point. Now it's taken years, obviously, for them to, at least in my estimation, get it right. I think I understand the rule. You have to have possession of the football, two feet inbounds, and then control it through the ground. Like, I, I think I understand it now. I think. The Goddard catch, for example, as badly as I wanted that to be incomplete, to me, it was a catch. The ball was moving. Then he held it firm and had possession. His left foot, I believe it was at the time, left toe was just coming off the ground meaning it was down, then he got the right foot down, goes out of bounds, it's a catch. I mean, what we would determine or what we would make the rule, what should be a catch or not, that's a different story. But based on their ruling, I think it's not that difficult to understand now. But I could see why you're saying that. I'm not buying the conspiracy theorist. Uh, you know, the, the conspiracy theories that, oh, the game is fixed and the fix was in from a home to win another one. That's why. Well, yeah, Goodell pushed a little button, you know, like the Astros had the buzzer back then uh, where they were guessing pitches. Goodell pushed the button prior to that third and 14 or whatever it was and said, hey, make sure uh, you guys call a holding penalty here. Give the Chiefs first down. We need them to win this game. We need Mahomes to get number two. It's good for the league. Good storyline for him be chasing Brady. Screw the Eagles. He sends it down to Jeffers. Jeffers uh, lets everybody know. All right, guys, you know, there's a secret button that he hits for two beeps in the earpiece. That means you call a penalty here. Beep, beep. They all get it. Okay, there you go. Holding. Game over. <laughs> I don't think that that's taking place. I don't think. 877-337-6666. More of your calls on the other side. Look who it is. Take a quick break, and then we'll get... The review, finally, I think, from Stewart in Brooklyn, who probably went back, I hope he went back, and stayed awake this time and watched Rihanna and the Halftime Show. We'll get his thoughts on the other side. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Well, yesterday, Sal got it back on the fan, by the way. Yesterday, we, of course, recapped Super Bowl 57. And I was expecting to hear from one of our loyal callers, Stuart in Brooklyn, who is the biggest known Riri fan, as he calls her Riri. And he came on the air, and much to my disappointment, and many listeners who I know were waiting to hear the review of the halftime show from Stewart. He did not have a review because he claimed to be sick and fell asleep. Stewart, a day later, how are you feeling? And have you watched the Rihanna halftime performance? Uh, one word. Spectacular. <laughs> My girl came through big time. My God, she looked fabulous at the oh that show. Oh my God, that was so. Now, that was great. And uh, Stuart, you're making up for yesterday. I must say, you're putting a smile no, on I, my I'm face. I'm serious. Uh, that was fabulous. Some some people thought it was put, a little raunchy. I'll, I'll put it to you this way: I would put it right up there with 1991. My, my baby girl, Whitney, <laughs> did the Star Spangled Banner, which no one will ever touch. I, no, I remember that. Um, no, well, nobody will ever touch that. Now, some people thought Rihanna's uh, halftime show was a little you know, too raunchy with the, oh, you know, touching no, what, herself. What do you mean raunchy? That was fab. What, what they, how they put that platform out and how they did what they did. That was awesome. That well, was totally well, awesome. I thought that was fabulous. You didn't see, you know, the, the crotch grab, I guess, and and then please, please stop it. That's Riri. Yeah, well, uh, that's Riri in a in in nutshell. How about the? Well, uh, where have you in the video? Where have you been? She didn't do that. Oh, I'm not familiar I mean, with the video come on, necessarily. Now, but... That's Riri. She does that. So what? People think it's raunchy. Right. But people are so sensitive, they can't take a little bit of that. Oh, I, well, what am I supposed to tell my, you know, six-year-old niece who's watching that performance? Uh, you just tell her, turn around away and not watch it. When, when... <laughs> <laughs> come on, Sal. I was trying that's to distract Rihanna, you. man. Rihanna is about entertaining. Rihanna's a little bit raunchy. So what? I've been watching Rihanna. I follow her since 2007 when she came up with that video, Disturbia. And you want to, 
and want to talk about raunchy? Go yeah. back and watch that video. Disturbia. How about cool. the how about the fact that she performed uh you know on those platforms raised from the rafters or whatever from the top of the stadium while pregnant, Stuart? Rihanna is someone that goes to entertain and she I'm sure she had concerns, but you know what? She's a performer. She does her she does it very well. And you put her still on top of Cardi B and Nicki Minaj in your in the Stewart rankings, power rankings. Yeah, definitely. I put that. I put her over them. Yeah. And you know what? But I don't never ever put anyone over Whitney Houston. Oh, Whitney was the number one by far. No, not even close. Yeah. Did you see? You saw the Star Spangled Banner back then. Of didn't course, you? yeah, of so course. Tell me who did it better. Oh no, nobody. It was the best no, rendition. And nobody ever. will ever do it better. Yeah, some people were saying. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you. Well, I was happy last Friday when Craigie on the show, mm-hmm. on his show, mentioned, uh, it was the 10th, and he mentioned that uh, tomorrow is the, the 11th anniversary of Whitney's passing. What, the 15th? On the 11th. Oh, oh, the, oh yes, he was saying, last week he said, I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, he said 10 that. years already? Yes, 11 years, Sal. 11 years she passed yes. away? Wow. 11, February 11, 2012. And he also paid tribute to the, who did the best Star Spangled Banner performance in the Super Bowl ever. And Whitney was number one. Do you remember where you were when you found out that she passed away? Yeah, I was in my home. How'd that go? Not well. Did you cry? Yeah. Yeah, it was I sad. I cried. I cried. I've cried four or five times for personalities or entertainers. My first one was Elvis Presley. Oh, uh, second one was John Lennon. <laughs> I, that was three weeks. What do you I mean? You cried talk. for three weeks? Yeah, I did. How old were you at the time? Do you remember? Uh, 27. Yeah, that was a tough one. I hit you hard. No, 28. I was 28. I'm sorry. And then my second one was, my third one was George Harrison, because he was my number one Beatle. Mm. Uh, that was another three-week ordeal. And, uh... Uh, yeah, so Whitney I, was, what, that was a tough Whitney one. Was, uh, Whitney was in 2012. And yeah. she, ironically, she died 10 days before my mother passed away. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this before. Did you cry when your mom passed away? Oh, are you kidding me? I went stuck crazy. Uh-huh. I was crying, whatever. And I, I called, my sister was at work, and they called me to tell me she passed away. And I dialed the phone, and in one hour I dialed the phone, God knows how many times until I finally got a hold on. You know, we went down a dark road here, Stuart. Started off so with with such promise. Yeah, well, let's go back Riri. to Riri. Yes, please, and please that, do. Riri was spectacular. I mean, I so, thought it was just. Oh, good. What? I, I thought no, it was no, kind no, of bland. Oh, come on, Sal. Wait, we can't take a little raunch. Marco, what'd you think of the Rihanna halftime performance? Uh, I'll be honest, I couldn't name one Rihanna song, so. I don't know any of this stuff, and my two-year-old was asking me to read her Elmo books, so I really wasn't paying attention Stuart, to Riri. What do you think of that? To each his own. <laughs> well, thank you, Stuart. So I appreciate you it. Mar- Marco, Barry Marco, come on. Marco, Marco, you have, you, if you didn't want to watch it, you, know, you don't know the songs? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm an old-school guy. I'm a Beatles guy. Dave Clark Five, Jerry and the Pacemakers, Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton. Come on, but I, you, I, she is about the only one that I like from today. Really? You, you tell me you like Cardi B, Nicki Minaj? All right, Stuart, before we I let like, you go, because we've got to get updated by right. Marco in a second, I just want to ask you a question. Right. If Rihanna comes to your door, somehow you hit the lottery, the Rihanna lottery, right? And she's going to visit you and pay you a visit, her biggest fan, and hang out with you for a day. But she comes to your door holding a plate full of 
freshly cooked, crispy bacon, what do you do? Uh, I put the plate on the table and hang out with her. <laughs> no, you have to eat the bacon to hang out with her. You think I'm going to put my health in jeopardy? Yes, I do. For a day with Rihanna? Absolutely. No. no. You're, you're lying through your teeth. Nah. Whoa. You do you remember? I don't know if I told you. In 2013, I was at a, I went to Dunkin' Donuts to have an egg white wrap. Right. And, right. The, and there was bacon bits inside. You've told me many times. Yeah. It almost killed you. I, I, by the time I realized it, it was already gone. But I went back three weeks, two three weeks later to that store, and I told the gentleman, "What are you doing, man?" I told your person to give me the egg white wrap about whatever how long ago. And they give me egg white wrap with bacon, and I pulled, I opened up my shirt, and I said, you see why I can't eat bacon? <laughs> and you showed the scars of your surgery? Yes. Stuart, you and are. Guess what? Yeah. One more thing. I bought stuff from the store that day, and he didn't charge me for the stuff, and he apologized to me. Oh, I, I, it's the least he could do. He nearly killed you, Stuart, and thank you for the call and the review. There's no chance Marco Stewart is turning down bacon if Rihanna's feeding it to him. Spectacular. Oh, this is great. <laughs> we needed that yesterday, Stewart. Where were you yesterday? It was still worth it, though. It was worth the I wait. don't know. Yesterday, we wouldn't have had the Marco doesn't know any Rihanna songs part. That is true. I, yeah, how do you not know Rihanna songs? Not one. I actually, I, look, I You've thought, been alive the last 15 years. I have, I think. She's got bangers. Like, hits I'm, all over I'm the place. I'm sure she does. I'm not listening to any stations that's going to be playing Rihanna. Like, well, it's just not my, my thing. So, like, what do you listen to? You have your certain CDs or, or songs that you had that are downloaded on podcasts? Like, how do yeah, you- yeah, that stuff. I'm, again, I'm not going to deny it. Like, if it was after, like, probably 2004, I, I'm, I'm not really keeping track. You're like a, a Megadeth guy. I do like Megadeth wow. quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yes, I, I do. I There's still definitely a few that if he heard, he would say, well, I've heard this before I know it. Might just not know it's Rihanna. Like, I, just because they play him at sporting events, like she transcends. That's definitely fair. You and it's know possible. The songs. And it's yeah. possible last night. I knew some of the stuff. I'm not going to deny it. Look, I'm watching the game with an 8-year-old who doesn't care and a 2-year-old. So at times when my daughter was asking me to read books, yeah. it was during commercials and halftime. Like, I'm trying to watch... The game as much as I can. So anytime that I could keep them quiet and I can actually enjoy the game, I'm willing to do whatever during Rihanna's on the stage. I don't really care. Give me the Elmo book. Yeah. We can read it 16 times if you want for the next 27 minutes until they <laughs> kick off the second half. Like I'm I'm all about that. And then the third quarter, when I'm not really paying attention and I hear daddy daddy and I'm not really looking, there's a, there you go. That, I can get away with it. That is fair. And I will tell you, my daughter was driving me up a freaking wall last night because you're trying to watch the game. I have people just my immediate family over, you know, hosting a party. So you want to make sure everybody's taken care of. And she's running around downstairs. Touching everything that she shouldn't be touching, all daddy's stuff. Yeah. Don't touch that. Don't touch it. She's running around. And then, 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 then. I'm gonna, can we watch the game here? She won't sit still, throwing fits, going crazy. Her mother only cares about halftime. After the halftime performance, what do we do now? What do we do now? We watch the rest <laughs> of the game. You go put the baby to bed. I don't care what you do. I'm watching the rest of the game. What do we Children do now? under the age of two famously understand, like, hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's yeah. just relax for now. Please. And, and what don't touch this means. Sit still for five seconds, please. One thing you got to do, Sal. So you said don't touch Sal stuff, yeah. daddy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, daddy doesn't get stuff. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Stuff so that's why work. you don't have to worry about it. You can break whatever the hell you want. None of this is mine. <laughs> right. I don't care. 
Oh, Do what my you want. God. You are right, though. It's such a different experience. I remember having Super Bowl parties, you know, as a, a young adult with friends over. Not a worry in the world. You're, yeah, no, you're eating, you're drinking, you're watching the game. It's different. Again, and my eight-year-old, like I said, he doesn't care. So he's kind of watching, but he's not really paying attention. So there's other stuff. So, like, again, him, he's running around. So it's almost I use him to make sure that he keeps her occupied. Right. Because for some reason, I don't know why, but last night she was all about, we got to read this, we got to play this, you want a tea set. Like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. But how do you tell a two-year-old that? So it's just kind of like trying to keep her at bay while I'm watching the game. And luckily there's a lot of commercials and there's a lot of halftime. See, And you could try to get through it. At least your experience. You went through your first child and now you kind of know what to do for the second one and pretty soon the third one. When when do we do here for the third? In May. Ooh, man. I'm I'm learning here on the fly, and I'm just so stupid. I don't get it. Like, oh, yeah, let's go to the Met game. What could go wrong? <laughs> Anytime somebody cheers, she's screaming at the top of her lungs. What could go wrong? <laughs> and then my wife yelling at me, oh, you're sitting there watching the game. I'm walking around. I'm getting yelled at from both ends of the day. I can't even enjoy the ball game. Super Bowl, oh, what could go wrong? She's going to sit here. We're going to play with her toys, throw some toys. She's kicking the toys, slamming them down. She's ticked off and who knows what. Yeah. I can't enjoy anything anymore. Yeah. What happened to me? Isn't parenthood great? No, it's not. <laughs> Oh, how was your vacation? Oh, you mean the photo shoot? When, and, and I take care of my two-year-old child? Photos every five seconds. Well, on the baby's... Well, vacation should be non-scheduled. Don't you think? There shouldn't be a schedule to a vacation. I agree, but that's not how it works, unfortunately. You wake up, then you got... Oh, no, we got to wait for her to, to feed her. We got to wait to change her. Then we got to put the lotion on her. Make sure she can't go outside without the sunscreen on. Then we got to put the, the, the water diaper on. Then we got to take the water diaper off. Then she's got a nap. Then she's got to feed. It's like the whole... It's, it's, I could tell you the exact schedule now. We did it for seven days in Aruba. The same exact schedule. I just want to go to the beach and be left alone. <laughs> I'm gone for an hour. My wife's giving me crap. Where were you? I was like, I told you I'm going down by the pool. You want to take a nap? Let me go down by the pool. Leave me alone. Please. <laughs> you are a marvel. Like, you're just, you're fascinating. This is real life, please. You're going to learn pretty soon, <laughs> by the way. You will learn. Oh, yeah. I just think, like, Marco, I think everybody, like, except for you, goes in with a better understanding of, I I don't, maybe not know the exact details, but I know my life's going to be taken away. That's Uh, a great point. No, 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 no. I don't think that's it. You're, you're comparing it to me. See, Stal's still holding on to, I want my life. Right. I went in as me. I wanted to come out as me. I'm broken down and beaten. I'm just standing (laughs) in the corner, and it's just kind of like, this is, look, this is over. What do I got to do to get through the day? Can we go to sleep soon? That's me. Like, I'm just kind of... Nobody knows exactly what they're in for. I don't know if anybody knew less going in than Sal. And I I say that with all the love. No, I was really ignorant and stupid. I'm being, uh, you're right. You you are right. I didn't think things would change that much. Yeah, I, I kind of figured. I didn't realize to, to the degree, but like I said, I'm just, I gave up at some point. You're just kind of like, uh, I'm just going through the motions here. What do we get through to, to what's today? How do we get to tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, That's all I'm doing. Today's so, Valentine's Day. Soon, oh, God. Oh. For, hey, you know what? I had a pro move and it came in handy. Last year, and we'll get to the update in a second oh, here. Geez. Listen to this move. And I'm so proud of myself for this because there's no chance I was getting a card today. Last year. I was at the store picking out a card. I'm like, here we go again. These stupid Valentine's Day cards, blah, 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 whatever. I was like, you know what? While I'm here, let me just pick up like three. Why not get it out of the way now so I don't have to worry about this next year? Guess what I got at home? 
So I got two Valentine's Day's cards waiting in my drawer in my office at home that I could just fill out, put it on the table, boom, I'm done. I did it last year. I don't have to worry about it today. And you actually and that's know great because you beat inflation have, too. And you don't, yeah, right. you know where they are, and they yeah, don't have just like a pile of dust nope, all over them. Nope, they're in the top drawer. Good of my, for you. Yeah, good for you. Isn't that a smart move? That is a smart move. That's I'll probably have move. to hit the store now in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's. I've, I've done that. Load up on Valentine's Day, birthdays, birthdays for multiple people. Yeah, just absolutely. Just, just uh, follow them away. You don't yeah, have to thinking to... ahead. That's not really my strong suit. <laughs> Well, I was so aggravated I had to do it last year. I was like, screw it. Let's just get it over with now. And here we are today. And I'm like, I got no time to run out and get a card. But they're there. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.